Hop day. Namaste and thank you for tuning in today. Guahan and beyond. This is Claire Calvo and this is Conscious Living. I'm here today with two high vibing, <laughs> uh, conscious living earth keepers. I'm here with Manieka de Oro and Dakota Camacho. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining me today, guys. Hey, we're so grateful for this opportunity. Well, there's... There's so much. Um, before we actually get to the content of Earthkeeping, can you just share a little bit about who you are, what you do? Guahusi Manyaka Dioro, Tautau Senahanyas, and Aganya Haitsu. I am, my name is Manyaka. I'm from, my grandmothers are from the villages of Aganya Heights and Sinahanya. Um, I'm Chamorro, but I was born in the States, but mostly raised here on the island. But I also have a great affinity for the northern islands of the Marianas. And I am a teacher, I am an environmentalist, and an activist here on this island. And I do a lot of work be, uh, around indigenizing and uplifting our culture and really. Um, uh, valuing indigenous knowledge here in a nutshell <laughs> so much to encompass that's why I'm like how do I even introduce you guys okay. yeah. and Dakota Hafa Eddahi Gwasi Dakota Alkinter Kamatsu Mafin Yagudzu Gidzai Danun Snohomish Zemapotzadzu Gidzai Danun Dokovsh Sunamish Fadab yeah Zen Sumasagadzu Gidzai Danun Dokovsh um, Mafana and Seattle um, mm-hmm. and I'm visiting for a little bit Wow um, the work that I do in the world is um, is tapping into the creative spirit so creating spaces for community to come together and connect to ancestry to lands um, to um, yeah think about how our our different indigenous cultures and histories and knowledges can create um, experiences of connection beautiful beautiful yeah. wait so okay so you already shared with me that tomorrow but you were born and raised out in the states mm-hmm. Maneka, i had no idea that you were born out there yeah i was born in texas i didn't move to the island until i was like seven eight years old wow yeah i didn't know that yeah but of course gr- growing because i'm related to Maneka, so i remember and i'm related child, to dakota really <laughs> yeah through a different yeah. From my, from my mom's side, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all, we're all related, right? We're, we're all connected. one. <laughs> but um, your grandma, I remember as a child, uh, she was a Serrana, and she would come to the house, and I just remember the cheesecloth with the green like medicine. I just remember running away from her and just being like, but that's such a, it's so beautiful that you have chosen you decided to preserve that and you've kind of carried it on because i mean obviously as a kid you know we all the, the bitter taste of that you know what kid doesn't want to be like forced down <laughs> like held down and then having that shoved down their throat but growing up you know even before because i i was born and raised on guam but left from it for about 15 years and out in the states you know exposed to truly the power of plant medicine i mean over 10 years ago i was in um machu picchu and I, I was fortunate enough to be with, with shamans and, try, and tried um, ayahuasca. It was part of a ceremony. And that was such a transformational like experience. And I mean, that, of course, that wasn't what first you know, uh, lended to me the, the importance of, of plant medicine. But it kind of opened my sphere to so much more in relating in this 3D world, but yet still knowing that we're so much more than mm. this. But I want to ask you, are you also involved with um, plant medicine? 
like Zonti and Rohano? I, I just know like a very little bit about the practices here. Okay. Can I just ask, Maneka, yeah, sure. if you could share a little bit about your practice? Um, so I definitely have been had a, have had a calling since I was really young to plants and flowers. I remember making like mud pies and making my own potions with different things and just mixing, just being a kid and like really enjoying being outdoors before your, all these screens um, muddled childhood um so yeah we would spend a lot of time with my my sisters and um and my cousins just out and about picking things playing with things and then as I became older I was just more interested in making my own teas and doing that sort of that stuff and also growing up seeing my grandmother um massage people and um making medicine and also seeing her stopping stopping her own practice because of her own health issues um but being told just in the background of of my of my growing upbringing of just go someone telling another relative to go and get such and such medicine at this place and just having that knowledge that there are plants that are friends and allies to us and our healing um uh but it didn't come to my like consciousness that that's something that I really wanted to do um until I was an adult and until my grandmother um unfortunately did pass and wasn't able to to give me all of her her knowledge she did show me different types of massage techniques um, as she was elderly and I was massaging her mm-hmm. and the different kind of uh, approaches to touch and where and um, how um, and the different palais that she would use before going to bed. We palied her every night um, with, you know, uh, vapor rub. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing that even though with all these other, because even Auntie V, uh, Sina Bernice, I remember going and talking to her once and, you know, she had all these amazing herbs and plants lined up. I'm like, so what would you use for this? And Neosporin. I, <laughs> my son at the time had like a, a cough cold and she's like, you know, you just get the Vicks and rub it on bottom of his feet. I'm yeah. like, oh, wow. So I've already been doing that. But, you know, it's tried and true. It's menthol, right? Yeah. So, but you brought up a good point about plants being used for both, just like most things, can be used as a toxin or as a poison or a medicine. It's truly the person who is administering it. it. Yeah. Right, right. Um, So I was a part of, for a very, for five years, I was aggressively like searching out healers to learn from both on Guahan and in the rest of the Marianas under the organization Haza Foundation Mm -hmm. um, and doing a lot of plant medicine work and preservation work and holding conferences and doing a lot of organizing work, but not, not enough of the actual apprenticing and learning in the, in, in the framework that we were working in then. And, um, and because organizing can be so, so taxing, um, I kind of left that sphere in the organize in the organizing aspect of doing healing and I've just returned to doing work on my own. And I've been able to maintain my own, maintain my own plant garden for the last five, six years. And I just do a lot of my own, um, treating my own, my own sisters and my own family and massaging here and there. I don't practice as much as I set out to, mm-hmm. but I definitely make my own, treat myself and my son um, and share whatever knowledge, whatever little knowledge I do have and have been able to do a little publications here and there. And I'm always still so interested in one day when the moon is right, I'll be able to devote more energy to um, deepening that practice. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm -hmm. And on that note, you know, because when we're talking about the healing of our inner environment and our outer environment, of course, you know, it's reflective of each other. Um, Dakota, you were sharing about your your, um, 
channel or your, your way of, of, of really just healing and working with, with the mm -hmm. environment internally and externally is more on the arts, or I mean, it's all art, but more on the movement arts, yeah. correct? Yeah, Can you right. share about that? Yeah, so I actually started dancing in my family's Pacific Island dance group in the 90s. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then... Um, I'm sorry, when you say Pacific Island dance group, so you guys, yeah. your family has yeah, we, formed a group? we formed a group in the 90s. It's no longer going, but it was um, called the Half a Day Island Dance Troupe. Um, Out in Seattle? In Oak Harbor, yeah. Okay, which is okay. um, where I grew up before I moved to the city. Um, yeah, and it was um, very similar to the groups here, like Pa'a and whatnot. We mm -hmm. used the language of Polynesian dance uh, and choreographed, um, choreographed, movement to Chamorro um, songs, you know, really popular ones. Um, and I always laugh, too, because it's like, you know, songs like, um, what's that one that's like, on the island of Guam. They're poking a tree. They're poking a tree. <laughs> it's a beautiful a place, place where the moon is shining over the sea. <laughs> it's a paradise. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, and that's a place where I really fell in love with, you know, with with my body, with bodies, with, you know, the stories that can be told. And, you know, I have this, like, very clear memory of holding up the shells that my Nana and Papa had brought back from home to my ears and thinking about, you know, listening to the sound of home. And um, and so I, I grew up in a pretty large Chamorro community. Uh, when I go to, like, fiestas and stuff out here, I, that they always make me think about how I grew up. Um, and... Knowing that about myself and knowing how that connection has kind of kept me grounded and also helped me orient myself as mm -hmm. I've been, you know, going through different experiences, um, like, you know, going through college or even going through high school and mm -hmm. um, and trying to figure out, like, what is the meaning of my life? You know, what right. can I what can I bring forward um, from who I am, you know, yeah. and from those that came before me? And um, and it's really my culture that's helped me understand, you know, mm -hmm. what my pathway is and you know what I could possibly have to offer and um so I've been and I and being someone that's not indigenous to the area um have been thinking a lot about how to be an ethical relationship to that place you know even thinking about plant medicine and thinking about um you know what are the spiritual ways to um to be cleansed in, mm -hmm. in the area where I live in particular yeah and, well there's a lot um, going on out there as well yeah I mean I think you look I mean right now you look all over the globe. Mm -hmm. We're at a precipice where, I mean, there's been change, but it's it's intensifying. And, mm -hmm. you know, you even see it in the astrological charts of what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. So that's beautiful. You want to share some more about yeah. it? Well, so I, so I guess what, what I was sharing about is um, in learning, you know, and thinking about how to be an ethical person who's living on somebody else's land, you know, thinking about the practices um, of, of our culture, right? right? thinking about how we ask for permission before we go, mm -hmm. you know, we go into the jungle or out into the water and um, just thinking about that process of being in relationship. Yeah. Um, and I find that the arts is a really powerful medium to do that Absolutely. because part of being an artist or being a creative, and, I, and personally, I think that everybody is an artist, mm -hmm. right? Um, mm -hmm. And it's just oppression's voice that's telling people, oh, you can't sing or oh, you can't draw exactly. um, or, or you can't dance. It always breaks my heart when I hear people say that because I'm just like, no, you were, you, you were born to do this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and part of that, as, for me as an artist, what I found is that being present and being aware mm -hmm. and, and learning how to, you know, you, 
uh, work with my body to um, you know to just receive different types of knowledge whether in and it could even just be like a thought or an idea that's not necessarily like true but mm-hmm. even just like thinking and contemplating my connection to place yeah you know um, so th- the work that I do a lot is like bringing people out to different parts parts of nature mm-hmm. and being like okay now we're gonna learn how to how to have a conversation with these trees nice you know, now we're going to learn how to move from the shoreline. Like, what, what can the ocean teach us about our natural movement mm-hmm. um, and about what it means for us to be here, you yeah. know, at this moment? And, um, and it sounds really, I, I think for some people who have never experienced this type of thing, it can sound like really wooey or like abstract. Um, but there's a way in which it's really concrete. Well, you know, until you do it. Right, yeah. exactly. Right, once you have the experience, you're like, oh, I get this. You know right. what I mean? This is actually what I'm already always doing, you know? Dakota, if I could just share one of the stories. So Dakota first came to Guam as a young adult. Gosh, it was almost 10 years now. Oh my gosh. So, and he was just fresh and his like ideas and his perspectives were so different from anything I've ever been exposed to. How so? because he brought this idea of like collective community, collective healing, and I've never really even experienced ceremony or smudging. The first time I ever smudged was with Dakota, mm-hmm. um, and he brought all these plant medicines and like you know really just the idea of like acknowledging other indigenous mm-hmm. cultures because mm-hmm. I didn't really I always was interested in native and native communities and their practices, but never really practiced them or never really um, look, understood or went or researched mm-hmm. research how those are practiced and maintained today. So he brought a lot of those experiences from um, his upbringing and his and his the place where he came from here. And uh, one of one of the f- the first interactions I had with Dakota, I don't even know if you remember this. We were at, at the University of Guam um, at, behind the KPRG station, and we were looking up at the sky, and and it was a really um, overcast day. And we he, there was a few other of us, and we just all like stood together and um, were intentionally um, moving our bodies. And to move clouds mm-hmm. and open, bring the sun back out, and like, and just bring the intention of bringing the sun back out. Right. And it was really um, weird at first. I was like, <laughs> "What are we even? What you want us to move the clouds?" But then we did, and we right. brought the sun back out, and it was really, and that was really powerful to see that maybe we do have more. Maybe the energy that we can bring together can really shift the reality around us. And right. that was one of the, the very yeah. simple um, but real experiences that I had of, of, of doing that with movement and with intention. Yeah, yeah the power of intention, and then the power within the numbers, and just the mm-hmm. quantum physics of it all. Of really, yeah. that over, you know, really uh, overshadowing. Our 3D element, right? Right, and and for me, I, I, my memory of that also is thinking about, um, our, you know, our ancestral practices of, of what you know some people might call weather magic, right? Hmm. Um, and you know, navigators' ability to like um, communicate with the clouds and basically ask them to move so you know they could see the stars, whatever. I don't really know enough about that, but I know that we have those practices, right? Right. right. So the idea that we could try something mm-hmm. and see if it works, you know, that to me is also exciting. That's the role of the arts, right? It's like um, experimental. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, to me, it's all an experiment, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and so that's part, you know, part of the work that I do is connecting with other in- indigenous peoples and and learning uh, about their perspectives and um, and kind of it's been helping me understand more about who we are as yeah. well because some you know somebody will will tell a story and it makes me go oh yeah that makes me think about this practice mm-hmm. you know that comes from my people it comes from my nana and my papa and um and 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 then also thinking about the different languages yeah. right um like the you know thinking about moving the clouds there's an elder um whose name is Kwai Kwai who I um who I who I um 
yeah, who I know, and he often talks about like being in cooperation with mm-hmm. the elements, right? So like a- a- asking the clouds to like cooperate with us, right. you know, could you please move out of the way? Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and I think that to me that is you know learning learning about that is also a part of our spiritual liberation, right? Absolutely. Because as yeah. we as we learn how we're connected to mm-hmm. the to the pieces that are bigger than us, you know, then our our consciousness. Um, doesn't have to be limited to like you know the the money that we have to make right. right you know I was just talking with somebody down at Asiga who was talking about as as a scientist you know the choices that people have to make in order to pay um, to support their families right you know and how a lot of people have to choose um, the job that pays higher which is doing work that's not necessarily aligned with their purpose mm-hmm. right and so, I, so I'm always curious about like okay well what what could a workshop a workshop with artists, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, how could a scientist benefit from being with a bunch of creative thinkers who are just like, you know, who are like, okay, now move your hands up, <laughs> you know, and around the clouds, you know, it's like, could that open up the no, possibility? No, but honestly, in, in some of the teacher trainings that I've done, the yoga teacher trainings, it's interesting to see just the collaboration of like, there are people who are, you know, professionals in their fields of mm-hmm. whatever. I remember this one man was a, an attorney, like a high, you know, powered attorney in New York or whatnot, and he came to like a Brian Kess teacher training. He said he basically left all that behind because, I mean, it comes mm-hmm. to a point where, you know, your dharma, your, your, your life's purpose is calling, and you mm-hmm. either, if you go with your soul's calling, your soul's calling, mm-hmm. you, I think for a lot of people who find themselves in like in a depressive state, it's because... Mm-hmm. It's, I think for some, you don't even really have to choose. I mean, if there's a way that you can still be able to manage your um, what you do for a living, mm-hmm. but still creating a life right. with your soul's call- calling, that would right. be ideal. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're, I wanted to, you said so many incredible things. I'm trying to remember what you said. Oh, about the interconnectedness, about learning from other indigenous cultures. Because I was going to say, a lot of times we don't realize, like when we have conflict with each other, like person to person or like, you know, the way we view another, you know, uh, group of people, whatnot. What it comes down to is coming together and just having basic communication Mm -hmm. and finding out that there is a lot more we have in common Mm -hmm. than differences. Right. And that's enough for Malik, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah. So I'm curious about it. Yeah, part of, like, I think what connects Dakota and I and a lot of other people who do a lot of, like, this uplifting work or this this work of decolonization is that we come with a real love for our culture and here we don't necessarily like even in the states like Dakota grew up so far away we don't prioritize our culture as much and we don't necessarily um, grow up in the ways of our culture because we've been so colonized and you don't hear the language and you don't unless your family is really about it you don't go to dance school or you don't um, really practice Mm -hmm. the culture uh, either through or, or connection to the land through fishing farming or, or through omelet making um, on a daily in a daily way or in a in a way that um, feeds your lifestyle but there's more and more I think opportunities and 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 even our government is seeing this and even entities like GBB is seeing this that our culture is our selling point mm-hmm. and that more of us need to be um, the the vessels of protecting our culture, passing it on, perpetuating it, and protecting our resources at the same time. And that is an aphomalic to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A quote yesterday that was told to me that it's just so be- beautiful, and it was by a um, Palawan auntie, Auntie Anne. She, a song that they she teaches her kids, um, and it's, it's just so beautiful. It, the, the translation is, um, my waters, my lands, my home, I hope to be just as beautiful and giving 
as you have been to me for others and, to, and back to you and I just think that that's such an incredible way to like move throughout the world is yeah. to like look at the beauty of your land and want to be just that yeah. and our islands are so wonderful so sacred so beautiful and we although we despite the fact that we've had 500 years of trauma through colonization like brutal war on our islands mm-hmm. through the Spanish Chamorro Wars and then the World War II we, we've had a lot of trauma here but the fact that, our, that we still exist and that there's a lot more people who are coming up and coming into consciousness that our culture and our native wisdoms are so important and coming together and wanting to perpetuate those and bring our commu- and bring healing to our community yeah. using movement using the different art forms is a really beautiful thing to be a part of and I hope to continue that work and mm-hmm. continue to find ways to make it my lifestyle and make it um make it the lifestyle that more people can feed their families by right. protecting the, the, yeah. the lands or using the resources and how it's how that happens it's just all unfolding um i definitely have come to the the knowledge that like when you're living in your true mm-hmm. resonance and when you're living your truth mm-hmm. that thing your path just kind of magically unfolds for you and and the and flow give, yeah and give back to you flow and money um it may be hard sometimes but it'll come it's not something that it, like is a driving force i'm sure for for any of us but it definitely is the more that I'm uh, aligned in my passion in my path and the less I've had to worry about it so let me ask you guys both this one but you know you can each answer so with how you see everything well you know you spoke of decolonate decolonization I want to get to that but before we do um how do you be in this world but not of this world how do you do your work and not allow it to, you know, as the Buddhists say, you know, not, not, not blow out to keep your, 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 your fire still and yet be immersed in the passion of the work, um, but still stand for, you know, I mean, because sometimes, you know how they say what you persist will resist, but how do you do your work without on that balance of, well, if I'm going to focus on what I don't want, how, you know, you know what I'm saying about the whole idea of being deliberate creators of our own experience. Yeah. How do you stay in the light yet work through darkness? Yeah. I, I've been thinking about this moment that happened for me as, you know, as an artist that where, um, I, there was a, a so, you know, after my family's dance group, I, I moved to, to Seattle and I got connected to the, um, to the, organizing community there right the people who are organizing for their for different people's liberation right mm-hmm. but really one thing that was a, a solid thread was that people were organizing for our collective liberation right mm-hmm. um, with specific communities in mind because that those are the communities that people are from or that they're connected to and um, which range from like the national democracy movement um, from the Philippines um, to the you know the south end of Seattle the central district and there was a restaurant that I was connected to we always we, we call it a a community center disguised as a restaurant. It was a um, Eritrean restaurant called Hidmo, which means home. Mm-hmm. And um, you know there was ways that gentrification was hitting it. And at that time in my life, I was um, making, I was engaging with hip hop um, and ma- and making music that engaged with with hip hop culture. And it was like advocating. There was a way in which it was like really advocating for a new world, but mm-hmm. and it was also like really much about ha- like here here are the things that we don't want, right? Like, here's what oppression is doing to us and what we don't want to have to right. face. And um, there was a moment for me where I realized, like, I don't know if this is the vibration um, that, I, that, that I think is the most transformative, mm-hmm. you know, for me to be like, here are all the things that are wrong with the world, yeah. right? 
Uh, and part of that realization was like, I think that everybody knows, mm -hmm. right? Like, even if people don't don't have the same politics, you know, or Democrat or Republican mm -hmm. or whatever, like, I think we can all agree that things aren't perfect, right? Right. Um, so, what is it? What's the contribution that I want to make? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's kind of when my um, my artistic process. Although I feel like, in some ways, I'm still in this conflict, right? Because we need to be able to say. Okay, well, that you know, the the bombing the bombing of our land, right? You know, um, right. you know, people not having access to healthcare, right? Those are not realities. We that can't we just want. meditate it away, right? right. You know, we have to make material changes <laughs> right, right. In, in our lives, mm -hmm. and um, you know, what's going to be what contribution can I make to that mm -hmm. that's going to support our imagination, right? Mm. You know, that's going to like support our ability to like to see the awesome solutions that are already existing in our communities, you know, the ways that people, you know, have, like, grown up and the way that their Sina have taught them, you know, mm -hmm. like, what are the awesome things that are already happening and how can we, like, take those and, you know, institutionalize them, right? right. Like, how can we, like, um, kind of duplicate what's already working, right. you know, and, um, and, you know, maybe my art can be a way to document that, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. maybe it can be a way to inspire some of that, yeah. um, you know, and um, I released an album in 2017 called Nat Lotla, and Nat Lotla, mm. um, which, you know, means to give life, mm -hmm. and there's a track on it um, that a number of people have said has, like, been really... Check it out on Spotify, uh, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, you know, a number of people have said has been really moving to them, and, and what I think is moving ab about that text... Um, possibly is is that it's it's addressing the way that oppression is hitting was hitting me individually and how I was reflecting on dealing with depression and in isolation mm -hmm. but also like puts it in context of what we're up against you know um but then to remember that like any contribution that I can make from my place mm -hmm. you know towards towards the world that I want to live in right. you know that that's a powerful one absolutely you know? cuz it like you're saying I mean, it's beautiful how you expressed it, you know, through what creating a, a, something what people people could imagine mm. as, you know, and then uh, going back to what you said about experimental, but truly the the revolution to evolution starts within and then, you know, it, it shines outward. So what do you have to say about that, Monica? Um, For me, as far as like, I really try to be grounded in our lands and in our ancestry. So I spend a lot of time in nature. Mm -hmm. I spend a lot, I'm like, right after this, I'm like, I'm going to go jump into the river somewhere <laughs> <laughs> or the ocean. Um, so I spend a lot of time like connecting to the lands and, um, and, and just in reverence with the land. And I also like seek out people who I want to emulate, people like you and Jenny, and people who definitely are uplifting and and um, qualities that I want to that I aspire to. I definitely prioritize spending time with elders as well, and my own grandmother, um, and and my own mother, and um, my child, and really like keeping my the center of my, of my family healthy um, and myself healthy. And that's that's been a whole process and a learning process that I'm still undergoing of just being healthy and being happy and making that my biggest priority and then having everything uh, as far as community building and, and growing my the community that supports that for me and that I can support that for others mm -hmm. is really um, has, has been um, so important to me and as long as everybody is trying to be healthy and happy from a genuine place not from a place of like we need to consume more right, and we need right. to buy this this and that to be happy um, I think that's a, a 
the way we can change the world by yeah. just being our healthy and happiest selves. Mm-hmm. Um, and living in true alignment, like you're saying. And I like how you, you, sh- you said you surround, because truly, like, especially when I'm, there's been a lot going on lately, and I find even if I can just take 10 minutes mm-hmm. to step outside mm-hmm. and try to find grass or something that's like, you know, below concrete (laughs) but even if it is just to go outside and be on concrete and just like feel the sun on you Mm -hmm. just having that contact with nature Mm -hmm. could do so much if even just if you even just have five ten minutes of the day Mm -hmm. but on that note what is your daily routine like from morning to night like what do you what is what does it entail well, there's a part of me that wants to tell you what my ideal routine is. You can do both. Why not? I mean, so I mean, I you have like say, a meditation. I mean, I'm just I'm curious, yeah. like what 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 kind of a self care care you take from I mean, during the day. I don't know if I if one of the things that I'm working on is to be more routine, mm-hmm. right? Because I find that I'm healthier and I'm happier when there are certain um, ways of being that I'm cultivating mm-hmm. actively, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, you know, and and it's been a while since I've been able to um, practice that kind of discipline, mm-hmm. you know? But, but what I've been able to do lately is, you know, notice, okay, I think I'm a bit grouchy today, you know? Like, all of, of like, I think that everything is terrible. I, 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 <laughs> like, that's not actually how I feel, right? But it is how I feel in this moment. So right. what's going on, you know? Yeah. And you check in. And sometimes, sometimes that's the moment when I check in with myself, and I'm like, okay, what do I need? You know, what's going to be good? And sometimes it's just like literally sleeping or mm-hmm. resting or you know laying in bed or. And sometimes it's you know stretching and 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 I think that there's ways that I find space and time to do that throughout the day. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm hanging out with some friends and I'm like, you know what? I've sat in this chair for way too long. You know, now it's time to you know to do some stretching and. And then there's other times where it's like, okay, this week, you know, I know I'm going to make it out to the jungle, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, in Seattle, it's not really quite the jungle, it's the forest, the forest or, yeah. you know, but, and, and just be, you know, because there, there are certain ways of being that, I, that, you know, that are important to me. And when I have the space and time um, to engage with, that's, you know, that's when I can, I feel the most inspired, you mm-hmm. know, and, and a lot of it is, is the practice that I share in community, yeah. you know, is like, Okay, going and just, you know, listening to the wind for a while and moving with it. One of the first things I did when I got here um, is I, I spent some time on the land where my dad grew up. Um, and what I just, village? Um, in Tomhom. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it, it was, it, so that was really interesting because, of course, Tumon looks really different than it did when my dad grew up. Um, so my dad grew up on the land right next to the Royal Orchid. Okay. Um, and so I just walked around there and, you know, I just, I literally just walked. And as, as I walked, I thought about different things and, you know, um, sometimes I was called to sing a little bit. So I sang and, you know, other times I I moved and I just try to be curious about Mm -hmm. what it, what it was to be there in Mm -hmm. that moment and try not to be too historical, you know? Right. Um, but that was really important to me in terms of landing here this time, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, and there was something about that practice that, um, that, you know, made me feel, made me feel like the the con- coming into connection with this place at this time was good. Because also how I ended up being able to do that was was a bit of a story. Um, but um, yeah, so so just you know being present w- with 
the opportunity of the day, mm-hmm. you know. Um, while you're while you're here this time, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. But while you're here, are you offering any kind of workshops or sessions or anything? He's hoping to. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Maybe he can connect with you to do yeah. that. Or yeah. Or even at Soulcation, are you still? You can be here till February. Ten. Oh yeah. It's the eighth and the yeah. Okay. That'd be awesome if you could, you know. It's at Ratiti and Eco Beach Road. We yeah. we camped out there this past weekend. Okay. Cool. So we're going to be doing it that weekend, too. On the platform. And he was, like, on the platform that night before. And he's like, I'm so inspired by this platform. I'm yeah. like, oh, gosh. That's where we do, like, have, uh, we practice yoga. We have the free flow, authentic, uninhibited movement. Okay. That would be something that if you want to even just, like, facilitate that one. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be awesome. Yay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and and how about you, Manu? For self-care, I guess, like, okay, so my morning routine or my whole day routine, I also try to consciously know the things that I put into my body and the companies I support with the, that I support. So, like, I do what a lot of people do. I wake up, I wash my face, I brush my teeth, and I actually, like, started brushing my teeth with a charcoal toothpaste that was made on this island um, by a company company. Uh, uh, owned by our good friend Amanda Young, and she makes she creates toothpaste and sunscreens. She's and already selling all of them. Yeah, it's at, at the Blue Amber Trio oh, shop. Okay. Um, so she she's creating all these uh, zero waste products and products that are sourced from ethical places. So I really try to be as a a good conscious consumer I also make myself a tea that I'll drink throughout the day um, in a hydro flask or in a container um, I li- I'm so fortunate to live on the east side where the sun rises so I usually rise with the sun and take my dogs for a walk or um, just sit and meditate I'm really like meditation has been a practice that I've been really cultivating maybe over the last year and a half to two years now and um, seeking out other people who are better meditators than me because I have a hard time it's not an easy practice to be cultivating even if it's just five minutes of meditation I find my mind like going Mm -hmm. everywhere I also do like intentional digital detoxes throughout the year and I cut myself off from social media Um, it's been a while so I'll probably be doing one soon or I cut myself off for like at the minimum two weeks. I think that's really, really important for my practice. Um, and I prioritize playing with my son. You do that yes. too. And just, yeah. I love the fact that I could be a seven-year-old too. <laughs> <laughs> Not like I need an excuse, but having a seven-year-old makes yeah. it a lot easier. Right. Right. But I want to ask specifically on that. How old is your son? He's 11. Do do you does he pretty much follow along with your? Oh yeah, and he rolls his eye at everything. He rolls his eyes at almost everything I do, but I think he'll like and he'll appreciate it at some point. Um, he doesn't wake up with me as early as I wake up. Mm-hmm. I let him sleep. He he needs a lot more sleep than I do. Uh, but yeah, whenever I go to the beach and to nature, and like I like just had a parent teacher conference today, and I saw his how many absences he has, and he has a lot of absences because I'm like so, and I had to tell straight up tell his teacher I'm like on Friday. I usually don't like to send him to school on Fridays because I want to do the yard and I want to go hike with him. And yeah. he's go, he, he usually goes with his dad on the weekends. So that's the only day I really have to just hang out with him. So Aww. I was like, yeah, sorry, he has 15 absences. <laughs> but really, like, I just prioritize wanting to really be his mom and really right, be right. be there and like show him the lands because I didn't get that growing up really my parents were you know nine to fivers right. too and I and now that I have this luxury of being able to mm-hmm. create my own schedule and uh, I really want to prioritize that time that I have with my son um, have you considered homeschooling I have but I don't think I have the discipline to be yeah. a good homeschooler teacher I know for yeah <laughs> I same thing with the meditation like for me to just 
that's why I do moving meditation. Yeah. Because for me, I, I know I'm ADD. Although, you know, I was born in the 70s. I don't think they could, they had the diagnosis at the time. I'm, I'm very constantly active, not just like my body, but my mind. Mm-hmm. So, but on that note, so was my son. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, I right now I'm having this, you know, this inner conflict of do, I mean, I know I can't be... Uh, I won't be able to homeschool him, but just finding that line between knowing that he needs the discipline in certain ways. But I'm like so out of the box that when it comes to things that seem so conforming, I like, Mm. I can't. So it's like, it's being his parent is, is probably been like my biggest yoga practice Mm. of no, of knowing that kind of discipline of here I am trying to discipline something into a little yeah. person who I am not even that disciplined. <laughs> so yeah, and they, they, your children see like it's not what you say, it's what you do it's that really not, matters. Yeah. So yeah. Well, except when it comes to the eating thing because, you know, yeah. I want him to be healthy but trying to get that child, you know, and then allowing certain things and now it's becoming like I never thought I would allow my kid to have McDonald's. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, being exposed to everyone else. I have found now that I'm older I'm a lot more flexible with a lot of things. So at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, I charge it with good energy and my intentions for whatever it is is, is stronger than whatever chemicals or whatever he's, he's uh, taking in. But I also wanted to ask you guys, because you spoke a little earlier about um, decolonization. And can you share a little bit about what exactly for you, what does it mean? And what would you like to see come of it? If either of you want to answer yeah. first. What does it mean to you personally, and, and just what exactly would you like to see um, transform? Mm. Well, I mean, so I, I mean, I think about decolonization happening at, at a personal level, right? Uh, I love this diagram that I learned from Mexica folks, indigenous folks from Mexico, um, about like being a, being a ripple in a pond, right? So mm. imagine, you know, a stone drops, and the first circle is you, and then the second circle is your family, mm. and the third circle yep. is your community, and the fourth mm-hmm. is other communities. And so I like to think about starting with myself, right? Um, and so part of that for me is, you know, learning our language and, and like really, really understanding how little I understand about it, but, but still like really trying and, you know, trying to understand the worldview behind it. Um, you know, a big part of it is, is being connected to my own spiritual practices and, and learning and learning how to, um, yeah, to cultivate knowing, um, and, 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 and then, you know, what does that look like in my family, mm-hmm. right? So my, you know, my family, I've been trying to share with them what I know about our language and mostly through song and dance because it's such a, a powerful medium mm-hmm. to do that. You know, I was thinking about, I live with my four-year-old nephew um, and it's it's really interesting, you know, trying to teach him some songs and he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we're like hanging out and I can hear him humming like, and it's so sweet. And then thinking about what that means for my community, right? Yeah. So my contribution to that is mostly in, in the in the arts, but it, there's a way in which it's it, it's kind of stealthy because it looks it looks like really mundane, not mundane. It looks like um, like non-threatening. I forget what the nice word for that is, but like um, it looks <laughs> digestible like, yeah, and like acceptable. It's not radical, right? But but, but for me, the most important part of my practice is 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 using the arts to create knowledge from within the worldview mm-hmm. of our ancestors, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that that has, like, incredible implications for what's possible in our community. Mm-hmm. I've been, th- you know, I've been driving, since being back, I've been driving 
you know, up and down Marine Corps Drive and just looking at all the kind of empty-ish looking buildings and imagining, you know, what's all the different types of Chamorro entrepreneurship, mm. you know, that, that could be taking place. Right. You know, like what types of organizations and businesses mm-hmm. um, that could be built to that would both build the economic power of our community um, at, and at the same time be like, developing our understanding of who we are. Yeah. And I think once we have a a strong understanding of who we are, we can allow the other people who have called this community home, other Micronesians most especially, to to take ownership of the economic power that they have and and, and can share that we can share in this island. I love that idea of like tomorrow entrepreneurship and what it could look here look like here, but also having buildings for Shuki's art forms and Marshallese Mm -hmm. and and other things that we all have come to love and support through the Micronesian Island Fair, but having those more those things created here would be so beautiful. I definitely see decolonization as a way of like reestablishing our regional connections to one another mm-hmm. um, and interdependence instead of dependence on another outside entity and another outside political entity. Mm-hmm. It's important also for me to remember our history. We've been under um, the power of somebody else's control for almost 500 years now mm-hmm. and to realize that we have the collective power to take control of ourselves through the for, through our individual practices but also on a community political level is something that I hope to build and I would really love to see the reunification of the Mariana Islands in my lifetime and just see a peaceful prosperous um, community not just for Guahan but the entire Oceania the entire all of Micronesia and one that's healthy and happy just like all of us that are here and around us I definitely think that decolonization has been oppressive and and it manifests in a way that's in our bodies through cancers Mm -hmm. through psychological traumas and issues that come up that have not been healed yet. Uh, yeah, decolonization and, and indigenization, I also like that word, is just about healing and, 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 and finding new ways to be in relationship with the, one another and, and with our environment. Yeah. And if I can add to that, sure. too, that I, just, I, I also like to remember, I think sometimes, you know, when we're, when we're here, when we're living here, it can be hard to remember how connected we are mm-hmm. globally. And so I just wanted to, like, shout out that the... The decolonization and the indigenization movement is a—it's global, right? Right. And it and it connects us to people all across the planet who are um, who are remembering and reclaiming. I, I like this idea of renewing um, as well our indigenous life ways. Mm-hmm. And 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 to me, the movement, the global movement, is all about you know how to be in alignment with creation, mm-hmm. you know, um, with nature, um, and. Um, and any way that we do that, right, right, is a step is a step in the right direction, right. you know. And when you speak on that, the alignment with 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 nature, and you mentioned earlier about um, your spirituality. Do you uh, subscribe to any specific institution? Are you religious? Are you just speaking spirituality? Are you speaking? Do you follow any religious practice? Or you- no. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> so spirituality is you know in form of of just honoring of. of the spirit of the nature of nature and the different entities as such is that what you mean uh yeah i mean i mean um i mean that's a big question i i don't i don't actually know what the nature of the universe is mm-hmm. i'm curious about it yeah um and i try to bring the curiosity into every aspect of my life mm-hmm. and i and i think about life itself as a spiritual practice right right because yeah when you were mentioning earlier even about i don't i don't know i think you were or maniaco about being in nature and just Oh, no, you, you were talking about just asking the clouds, you know, and just seeing the manifestation of what you're actually, the intention you're setting out. Mm-hmm. But earlier I wanted to share because even, you know, we are part and parcel, 
nature. Mm -hmm. And I, years ago, when I had a lump, I had lumps on my breast. Mm -hmm. And I went to a Optimum Health Institute in San Diego for, I checked myself in for like a couple weeks. And literally part of, and then later on I had, poly, I, I had a <laughs> slew of different things. And I went to Thailand when I had polycystic ovaries. But in both those places, whether I was in San Diego or in Thailand, similar, they're different, um, you know, Thai, of course, is different from out there was, I don't know what the background of, uh, I forgot her name. Anyways, but they were both about talking to your body. Mm -hmm. And basically, aside from, you know, I was juicing and cleansing the whole time and putting the wheatgrass, but tr like visual, you know, sending the intention and visualizing those areas and actually asking mm -hmm. the breast tissue, you know, what do you need from me? And, and really, because at the end of the day, everything mm -hmm. is energy. And it's just talking, you know, whether it's to the clouds or to the tissues in your body, cancer mm -hmm. cells or, or mm -hmm. whatnot. Just how can we work together? What is it that you need from me? How mm -hmm. could I love you better, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm. I didn't mean to catch you off guard with that spiritual question. <laughs> but do you? Do you? I mean, I I, I I say that I follow like a hodgepodge of spiritual pathways. I definitely feel um, I grew up Catholic. My grandmother is like so devout. Even though she's 88, she makes it a point to go to the chapel every day and pray the rosary. And I love that devotion mm -hmm. that she brings. I definitely feel an affinity for the Blessed Mother. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel that the Blessed Mother has protected our island and protected the woman and the prayers that my grandmother and just like uh, the, the prayers that my grandmothers and the grandmothers before them that, that they've dedicated to her still carries the protection to the, of our island to this day mm -hmm. um, so that's something that's important to me even though I don't I'm not a practicing Catholic um, I practice I've been deepening my practice of meditation as I've said before and um, always 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 acknowledging the ancestors of any land I step into um, the ancestors of anywhere and just knowing that their presence is still felt and still needs the acknowledgement and mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah and, and finding other like-minded people in the community to develop those ideas and right. to deepen my understanding but yeah knowing that I can move that my the way that I move in life is a prayer the way that I move in life is a ceremony as well mm -hmm. and finding ways that make sense to me like every day I'll pick a flower and I'll give thanks to the flower and I'll just look at the flower and like feel so grateful just for that flower and just taking those moments to be completely present in nature has just been so uh, empowering and people look at me weird when I, they see me like well, I was teaching a bunch of fifth graders like to say hello to trees to greet them and like mm -hmm. teaching them the native names of our trees and they're like you can hug trees and you, I'm like yes you can hug trees <laughs> like you should hug trees and you really should know the trees mm -hmm. because they're your friends and they're here for you and they could help you like uh, trees weather storms and they're outside and they don't have protection but they're still standing because their roots are strong so much to learn from them Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, and I liked it. In another interview, I couldn't remember which which it was, but you were not you were talking about coconuts mm -hmm. and just you know when you you husk your first coconut and just how the affinity you have. Like even if it's just if you're not going to take part in that, at least go out every day. At least like hold a coconut or yeah. have something to do with have that connection with the coconut. But both of you mentioned you know spoke of spirituality being basically our life, part of life, and it goes along. Thank you. Goes along <laughs> the. Uh, the um goes along the mentality of we are 
spiritual beings having a human experience mm-hmm. rather than the other way around. I was just at a conference um, in Madrid and really before that, like I was asking a spiritual leader here on the island, like how do we bring more support, this global support mm-hmm. to our island? And one of the things they said is just call to the direct, call to all the four directions, ask for, ask the universe for help. And then not even two months later, I was in Madrid with indigenous people throughout the world, like from all the four directions That's and incredible. thinking about how to save our entire earth and bringing the struggles of our lands to their consciousness because mm-hmm. a lot of these people have never even heard of Guahan or and or have met anyone from Micronesia so that was really really powerful wow. to be in those spaces but one of the um, elders her name is Casey Campornick and she's from um, Oklahoma Kansas area and she said that um, indigenous people we are not fighting for nature we are mother nature fighting for itself mm-hmm. because we are part and parcel of mother mother nature and wow. we are the part the mechanisms of what needs to be uplifted to bring the healing that is needed at this time and right. for the future and that's just a beautiful and empowering that thing to totally that shifted empowering. my yeah. that shifted my whole thinking it's like yeah we're activists we're our mother nature yeah. we are we definitely are here for her and and put our lives on the line for this and it's kind of dismal to say but you find that in the midst of crisis is when you see people really coming together even like stronger you know i mean that's I think people really connect. You know, it's part of that yin and yang. Like, there's with everything going on in the world, the calamities and whatnot, that's when people come together even stronger. Yeah. Um, are there any projects, anything coming up or that you guys have going on? Oh, just this weekend is a really cool one. It's um, I'm helping to organize the um, sister march for the Global Women's March on the island, and I'm hoping to see a lot of people come out to and protect it. For Guam, the, the focus looks different in everywhere, and there's marches happening all over the world. Can you share? Um, so, hmm? can you share a little more? So, so here it's at. Uh, for here, it's at, on Guam. It starts at 3:30. We're meeting at Paseo area, and then marching over to the um, women of the island statue right next to a looping and our main focus is is just protecting women girls trans people from violence Mm -hmm. and protecting mother earth from violence so it's just really like coming to coming and being the support networks to stop violence and 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 all the manifestations against the feminine um in the world today Mm -hmm. and but it looks different in other places it's an anti-trump rally in Mm -hmm. other places it's specifically about um uh, an environmental issue or yeah or a reproductive justice issue and um for here those are that's the main tenants that we want to focus on here nice nice so again that's at 3 30 this coming saturday january 18th all right, thank you. And then do you? Well, yeah, I'll be I'll be performing at. Um, I hate. I'll be performing at. <laughs> at um, I'll be performing at Coffee Slut as part of Live Local Fridays. Okay. Um, on February first. February first. Yeah. That is. It's in a is that cool the KUAM Live Local yeah, Fridays? That's cool. Right. Friday. Friday. Yeah, Friday. Oh, so yeah, it's that's next Friday. next okay. weekend. Yeah, it's through KUAM, and I'll be performing some of my music there, Yay. and um, having some local collaborators. Um, so and you play, what do you play? So I, I, at the moment, I think about myself as engaging with, uh, engaging with hip hop culture. Okay. Um, and I'm also on a quest to understand what, what, it, what's uniquely coming through, um, like, w- what can I bring to music as a, as a Chamorro or as a Mathal person? Mm. So I'm trying to understand what Chamorro creativity looks like. Um, through music, so yeah. I, so the performance is going to be hip hop. Uh, 
Ish. And chant, traditional yeah, chant, chanting. and a, a hodgepodge. Um, yeah, but yeah. Also, so Dakota's also so eclectic. Um, <laughs> no dancing. Very eclectic. He's otherworldly. Yeah, I'll be moving. You know, I, it's it. hard for me to perform without moving. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I could I could sing a little something now. Let's hear it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna do a little mix of different um, pieces of my album. All right. Okay. Um, It's a loot that you hilo imen ya nata. If in a tinas nihan tata lagus and kalakas. Sama matsuli ite langzan man mi nafak. Mana kana hit emen yana gagi de papak. Amonlu ifinoto hafagasi imanatas ni man potlu di itasini. Nai igri naha. Adziginai munga man malafa ipangata. Sa edzu hafanu i hami maulet nali natla. Ipinagit ginen sina. Udalaki mi natla. Satma at nyo i hamum lo i atomina tatnya. Who tads a zuti miyote hedi yamut aska. Uha na ina i Matmalena matsat sat cotton iha ani uha fatu ti apmen ihina sota lofi uha matu di sakmen gimme lang yet manu eza hulan and I'm a lof fan fat matta delta nu ini na oga an e men ya na hu tu tu na hamzu hu tu tu na hamzu my lamagi gifion hu. My lamagi gifion hu. Wow. Woo-hoo. Nice. Wow, well, that totally resonated deep. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, Anything you'd like to share before we close off? I think everyone should definitely check out more of Dakota's work mm-hmm. on his social medias. Um, yeah, I also. And you go by Dakota Camacho on both. Yeah, on, and Instagram. On Spotify, I'm, 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 and all the other musical stuff like YouTube and Pandora and stuff. I'm, I'm Dakota Camacho, and then on on Instagram, I'm Infinite Dakota. Nice. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks so for much connecting for today us. and awesome. sharing your lights. All right, we're signing off. You can catch this and all the other shows on Spotify, Pandora, SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. Peace out.